Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome everybody to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul and I'm here with my Ranger buddy Mike Blackburn. And today is Friday, April 1st, 2022. Today we have as our guest, Axe Foley. Uh, one heck of a model American, uh, Green Beret, uh, guy that's been there, done that, has the t-shirt, uh, one of my good friends. So uh, Axe, uh, it's awesome to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, my friend. Hey, brother. It's good to be here. Yes. It's always, uh, we've had so many good conversations over the years. Uh, for our listeners, if you don't know, uh, William Axel Foley, uh, who's out of the 10th Special Forces Group. He was also uh, the master trainer out at uh, Camp McCall for uh, the Small Unit Tactics portion of the Q course. Uh, amongst other things, he's a gifted musician, uh, is a uh, warrior poet, uh, kind of a jack of all trades. He's one of the few Yankees we're actually laying out with. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's the other thing too. I mean, Axe uh, Axe was our boss. That's right. Uh, so you know, he was uh, he was just always a pleasure. Um, you know, working for. To be honest with you, Absolutely. he was a guy that took a chance, man. I mean, he looked at me. I came in. I was like, Axe, man, I need a job, and he's like. You know, he kind of looked me up and down. He's like, "Okay, man, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a stab at it." Yeah, but, man. Uh, I must not have done too damn bad. He didn't, he didn't yeah. fire me. He's got a sense of humor. He does. He's got a, he's got a crazy sense of humor. This guy's freaking wild. But uh, the reason well, why we have Axe on is not to um, talk about the fact that we barely survived SUT working under him, but <laughs> uh, really to talk about a, um, a subject that's kind of near and dear to our heart, which is you know transitioning and. Um, changing hats, you know, going from a career in the military to all of a sudden, uh, you're not, you're not a soldier anymore. Really. You got to get out there and you got to deal with civilians. Yeah. So Axe, I know that, uh, yeah. So you, you've got a lot of information on this, uh, just touching base with you. Would you just introduce us to this kind of, uh, your, your understanding of kind of how you see, uh, the whole process right now. Yeah. It kind of was in the way it was like when you, when you transitioned too. Yeah, so that's I guess where I guess that's where I'll start. Um, as, as you uh, mentioned, you know, I was working out there as a chief instructor and uh, and cadre team sergeant, and then master trainer uh, at at Camp McCall. I started out there like everybody else, a uh, assistant instructor uh, under Larry Reese. Um, he's the one who got me going. I, I walked patrols with him for a few classes, just shadowing, kind of, you know, learning the ropes. Uh, I was angry as, as everybody is when they come from a team, you know, you're no longer with the boys and you're assigned to SWIC uh, to teach. So that's a natural process. And one that uh, I also went through, learned a lot from Larry, you know, Larry uh, not only taught me a lot about tactics and, and, and got me back, you know, to the basics, because I think, you know, when you get on a team, you kind of get away from the basics of, you know, just, just infantry 
tactics, right? Uh, that's what you're teaching out there, and you need to be very proficient. Um, but um, he was awesome at that. But he also taught me a lot about the art of teaching, um, you know. And uh, as I said, as an as a new uh, instructor uh, coming out there, you, you just remember how how it was when you went through. And uh, the the default method there is crush, right? For a lot of guys. And I was, you know, it wasn't any different for me, uh, certainly. Um, you know, over the course of, of being an instructor there, I made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot of things, uh, you know, from those mistakes, learned a lot of lessons uh, and, and developed a craft uh, in, on my own uh, as I went. Uh, by the time, you know, my own uh, tenure was was up there as, as a green suitor, um, uh, primary primary instructor and, and cadre team sergeant. Uh, as you know, um, I stuck around as a contractor for a few classes and then took a GS position and helped them stand up the master trainer cell out there. Um, you know, that, that, that itself was, was a good opportunity for me because on the transition side of the house, you know, uh, I was going from the army uh, after retiring into a, a federal civilian role uh, pretty much doing the same thing, you know, just just wearing a different hat, and uh, that that was easy for me, um, you know, transitioning from active duty. Um, but later on, made it a little difficult when I chose to walk away, you know, resign that position uh, as a federal civilian uh, and walk away and and make my move into the civilian sector, uh, which I'll get to in a second. You know, transition back when I got out, uh, they had a cap, um, you know. In between uh, my active duty time and being a civilian, I attended ACAP. It was much, you know, just check the block. I think I had two days to clear. Uh, I knew I had a federal position, so I wasn't too worried about it. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I sat in the classes, didn't take any notes, got the VA briefings and all that stuff, but really didn't pay attention, you know, which is unfortunate because looking back, there was a lot of information that I that I missed out on. You know, it, it, it event, you know, I eventually did get to the VA and start a claim and all, all that types of stuff, but uh, it took me years. You know, I, I when, when I left federal service and, and came in the civilian sector, it still took me two and a half years before I even started a claim with the VA, mm. um, which set me back. You know, uh, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. My transition uh, from, from the Army when I chose to walk away from that federal position, come back home here to New England, and start the search, you know, uh, on my own to try to get into, you know, a civilian corporate setting. Uh, it was tough, man. Uh, you know, uh, beside, beside, you know, not having uh, gainful employment uh, and not having, you know, started a, 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 a you know, a V at my VA process and, and, and knowing really a lot about the benefits that I was entitled to. And stuff like that, you know, uh, it, it set me back and it was, it was gut punch, man. I, I got out, applied like everybody else to a bunch of jobs, never heard anything, uh, you know, had all this experience from everything you mentioned, uh, you know, in the lead up in the intro. Um, but you know, it didn't help me mm. being a green beret, got my foot in the door, but that was about it. Yeah. I mean, you I know? don't think, I don't think people today really kind of appreciate kind of the way it used to be. I mean, it was like, when we would retire, it would be like, uh, hey, thanks for your service and good luck to you. Yep. I mean, it was like, yeah. I remember ACAP and it was like nothing. It was like nobody wanted to give me time for that. It was like you were like 
out-processing the army almost like you would out-process for a PCS move. Mm. I mean, it was kind of like that exactly. quick. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there was really any extra time given um, for those of us old-timers. Um, it's like, hey, appreciate your service, and uh, you know, good luck to you. You'll be fine out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was like, you know, for, for civilian listeners – um, you know, the military community is just, you know, that life is just way different. And so when you're, it's not like just leaving from one job to another. I mean, you're really leaving sort of a lifestyle and then going into a completely foreign lifestyle that you probably, at least in my case, uh, didn't have any really familiarity with since, since I was 18 years old. And now, um, you know, an, a, an adult with, with a wife, kids, you know, a mortgage, uh, really going into a completely, you know, foreign lifestyle. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, just, just, just give people kind of an appreciation of kind of like that, that transition is, can be kind of tough and it can be tough on a lot of folks. Yeah. I had, uh, absolutely. yeah, Axe, something I was thinking about when you were talking is uh, how I felt when I got out, when I, Actually, finally did my final out, as they say, and you know, you go on terminal leave and you sign your paperwork. I kind of uh, driving back. I kind of felt like you know my life was over. Like now, what do I do? You know, everything I know is the is the military, and uh, so it was like a cultural shock. I had just kind of like I felt unhinged. Like I was just I was snap linked on to the army and then I was just kind of just jettisoned. I felt like a, a sling load just cut free. Uh, I don't know if you experienced that, uh, but. I, I absolutely did. You know, I, I remember feeling like, you know, uh, I'll never be that cool, cool again. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll never, uh, I'll never have that brotherhood of guys like you around me, guys I can trust with everything, you know, uh, and, and, Quite frankly, coming in the Northeast, there, there, there's a lot of resources available, but people are just on a different planet up here. You know, yeah. it's it's not like what I was used to there uh, at Fort Bragg at all. Um, I, I like to I like to say, you know, going into the Army with all the culture shock of basic training, uh, any 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 branch, people out there who know. Uh, when you get to basic, it is. It's culture shock. You're getting screened at from the drill sergeants. Uh, no matter what you do, it's wrong. You got to forget everything you ever learned and, and, and relearn everything military. Um, it's worse getting out. Exactly for the reason you stated, uh, you know, 20 years um, in the military plus for, for, you know, sticking around as a civilian for a while. But, you know, choosing to walk away and step back into the civilian world. And, 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 you know, I could have, I could have got a contract job somewhere. I could have went, you know, kind of went along the, the line that, you know, the, the job path that many green berets do. Uh, but I just wanted to change altogether, man. I, you know, I, I just wanted to get into a corporate job uh, where I could do well for myself. And uh, I tell you what, it was a culture shock more than, more than even going in. It was tougher to get out. Hey, uh, I make that break. Hey, Axe, I wanted to ask you about this, too, because a lot of us are thinking about uh, going into GS. And I just wonder if you could offer your thoughts on that, kind of what you what you expected and what how it really was. And and if you could offer any uh, any lessons learned on that. 
Well, you know, what comes to my mind, I mean, I, I can talk, well, you were there, so you kind of witnessed um, the whole, my, at least my process, right? Uh, it was, like I said, it was easy for me because, um, you know, over the course of me being in their active duty, I felt like I gained myself into a position where they needed me. They needed to keep me around, right? At least that's what they told me. Uh, you know, I don't know how true that was, you know, cause I, when I left the, the army keeps rolling along. Right. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, you know, so, so they were, they were creating a GS position and they offered me that position, uh, due to, you know, regulation, uh, for taking federal positions. I, there was a waiting period that I had to stay on as a contractor and walk patrols as an OCE, uh, to wait for that position to come open. They had to make it public, you know, and offer it out. Uh, but ultimately, I did get the position while I was in that role. You know, it's 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 like any other. You know, being a GS twelve is is a leadership position in the federal civilian world. Um, you're a supervisor, uh, you know, and and like any other leadership position, it's a tightrope walk. And there specifically, it was between the schoolhouse command, mm. and I'm talking, you know, not even just company and battalion, but all the way up. Uh, and the cadre on the ground, you know, so you're walking the tightrope, you know, and, and, and you have to have that trust with responsibility on both ends. And right. it's tough, man. And, and as you know, in the schoolhouse, there's a lot of politics at the flagpole. You know, there, there just is. It comes with the job. Uh, any little change you want to make to the POI has to be, you know, approved through all the levels of hierarchy all the way up to chain of command and everybody's got a red pen you know so they kick it back five six times uh we had some latitude on on the training schedule but actual poi changes that was a different story um you know and and at that time i was also going through some personal things you know what i mean uh that kind of weighed into my my decision to step away uh, i felt like you know, we had established a good thing there, and and I had some just excellent people uh, working for me. Um, and like I said, I, I you know I made the decision to walk away and 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 go to, you know, back to the civilian sector. Right. Um, I was only in that role for about three years. Uh, most guys, you know, there were guys there at Camp McCall and at Fort Bragg proper that I saw. Now they've been sitting there and, and they're going for the second retirement. And I just couldn't see myself doing that. You know, these guys, you know, God bless them. I hats yeah. off to them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wanted, I, I wanted better things for myself. Yeah. Uh, not that that's not a good thing, you know, double retirement, uh, federal service. There's a lot, there's a lot of good to that. Uh, but I just, you know, you, you know me, I'm all about raising the bar. I wanted to move on and, and start my life, you know, away from the Army. So, yeah, it's not, it's, that's, that's, a, that's certainly not for everybody. Yeah, the GS no, position you know, is not for everybody. I mean, it's, it's for the guy that's just kind of looking for um, happy kind of filling that status quo, that role, and just doing that thing, you know. Um, and that's a, that's a good way to put it status quo, because, you know, if you try to change, as you know, yeah, I, I tried to implement yeah. changes in learning methodology out there, you know, with the latest adult learning and adaptive learning, adaptive leader methodology, uh, it was tough, Yeah, you know, uh, 
in the army, we we you know, well, no, no, they they like buzzwords. Yeah, no one no. likes no one likes change, and uh, the government certainly doesn't like change. Not at all, not at all, and and that's the only thing that's constant in life is change. I mean, as right. long as it's change for the better, um, you know, we 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 got to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Right? We, we got to keep growing. Well, well, thank. Um, and yeah, I I was just getting stale, to be honest with you. Like yeah. you said, it, it was it became mundane. And uh, I just wanted to move on. So that's what I did. Well, I hope it wasn't Paul and I that ran you off. No, no. You know, I always say the the students and and the cadre were the least of my worries. Least, the least of my worries. That was the best part of the job as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, it'd be like. I took that job. I was was riding a desk. If I could have put on a rucksack. Well, and you did. Spent all my time in the woods, I would have been fine. Yeah, because I I remember many times it'd be like two in the morning or something. I'd be out there just, you know, looking over a you know, squad linear ambush or whatever. And, uh, and there you'd be, you know, um, I think you were always happy to get out of the office. Yeah, absolutely. Come out absolutely. and it, come hey. out and tell some good Paul favor stories. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Axe, uh, you know, something that I, I remember is, uh, us in your office once and, uh, you had uh, remarked that, uh, you had, uh, you know, pretty much all of the records, of folks coming through the queue. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if the records extended from, it was something like SFAS to the their queue course and maybe how they, how they scored on their patrols and stuff like that. But I remember you said you had kind of an archive of uh, information. Yes. <laughs> Is that true? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so you, you knew some dirt on some folks. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I did. And, 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 you know, to put it all out there, uh, you know, and I don't know if you remember you, so for the folks listening at home, uh, Paul, Mr. Lefebvre here was my cadre coming yeah. through the, the uh, SUT years and years ago, very long time ago, yeah. not to date us, but, yeah. uh, but um, yeah. And, and looking back, you know, I could even find myself in that database. So it, it was started I think, you know, it had records going back late 90s, middle late 90s, mid 90s, um, up into, you know, uh, present time, pretty much um, with you know, there was there was you know, small periods of time where you could tell it kind of fell off, mm. you know, and that was that was um, a database that they had built back when we had the old boathouse out there at McCall. Remember, we used to run out of there. Yeah. Yep. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, again, to put everything out there, I I looked myself up and I saw, you know, my, my first run at, you know, Hoffman star land nav course, uh, was a bust. You know, I always kind of, I always kind of, you know, held that, uh, you know, I'm a humble guy. I, you know, I like to learn from my mistakes. So I, I like to remember that stuff. Yeah. especially when I'm teaching students, right? Yeah. Uh, it's good to remember where you came from. Yeah. And, uh, and um, you know, uh, and I was coming from the infantry. I knew land nav. I just made some stupid mistakes, you know, uh, smoked it the second time, but it was in there. It was in there. And it was funny. You know, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned that I mentioned that. And, and I'm sure I also mentioned that, uh, you know, whenever we would get new cadre, I always looked. Yeah. Um, it, or, you know, if we got some cadre, they were a little uh, extra unhinged. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and a lot of times when oh, you yeah. pull that, 
that file, that record, and you look at back at you know how they did when they come through. Most of those guys uh, had some difficulties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for whatever for whatever it's worth, you know. I'm happy um, that uh, that that you could not produce my patrolling record from my patrol because <laughs> it was no doubt heinous. I also took two star exams, uh, but yeah, I knew. Uh, yeah, I was just happy that you weren't able to go. Hey, come here. Let me show you how bad you sucked. <laughs> it's like I know. I, yeah, yeah I, it was an awesome tool because I used to do that to some guys. You know, hey, I want you to come take a look at this. Yeah. And I'd pull it up and and just again, it was just to remind folks yeah. that you know don't don't forget where you come from. You know, these That's kids right. aren't perfect. Yeah. They're gonna make mistakes. Yeah. You know. That's right. Uh, and it's really what you. And it's really what you're. It's really what we're doing anyway, right? We're just presenting students with a whole bunch of problems, and we're we want to see them work through them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Hey, yep. Uh, yep. I, I wanted to hit you on this too, X. Is uh, you know, most of the time we're out there talking. Uh, I think a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about uh, the virtues and um, attributes, and I just want to turn the spot here and just ask you. You know, you, you, you know the, S, the SF attributes. What would you say is the, the most important attribute and why? So I actually listened to that podcast, uh, what, a couple of weeks back. Uh, you did on tactical leadership. And yeah. let me tell you, that was, that was an awesome conversation uh, that you guys had. Awesome. A lot of good stuff there, man. You know, uh, I, I think one of the things, not, not to, you know, I'll, I'll get to your question, but one of the things that stuck out to me, uh, though there was a few points actually, but one of the, the, the points that uh, stuck out to me a lot was, you know, you brought up the fact or the question, is leadership born or learned, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I agree with you. I, I think folks are, you know, due to whatever personality traits they have, they, they might be inclined to lead mm-hmm. or have the tenacity to lead. But, you know, leadership is something that, you know, it's trial and error, man. You know, you, you, you very, very rarely make, you know, there's, there's, there's never the, the perfect solution, right? It's usually bad or worse, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's a lot of learning that goes along with that. And for me personally in the army, I, I always saw, you know, the army is a perfect laboratory. Um, you see good leaders and you see horrible leaders and, yeah. you know, very young as a private, I, I, I saw both and I, and I said, look at that guy, you know, uh, I will never operate that way. Uh, if I make that rank, you know, or yeah. look at that, man, that, that was awesome. What a nugget that is. I'll never forget it. You know, um, and, and back to the character traits, a- attributes and, and flaws, frankly, uh, that's, you know, yeah. as you know, what we, we, we always kind of, uh, you know, paid attention to at least out there walking patrols, um, for me, you know, that's that's a great question. And uh, after I walked away from the army, I, I actually did. You know, I lectured at some. I lectured at a couple academic institutions uh, and um, just on the side, and worked with some law enforcement agencies up here in the Northeast, uh, in tandem with a couple other friends of mine. And uh, I used to speak to this, and and you brought up last weekend you, you, or last last episode there your three-legged school uh, stool right uh, uh and, and i think it was strength socially astute was the last one what was the second one I, I, uh smart strong socially astute 
Yes. Yes. Smart, strong, socially astute. Right. So, so my, my, my picture of a courageous leader, uh, the three attributes that I put, you know, at the top. And and again, this is my own, this is taken away from everything that I saw in SF on the teams uh, in the schoolhouse and also learn later on. But uh, my three pillars of a courageous leader is integrity Humility and adaptability. Mm. And I'll tell you why. If you write those three down on a chalkboard or, you know, almost every other trait, uh, a quality of a high speed, you know, leader uh, can fall underneath one of those, Mm. you know, integrity, you know, doing the right thing uh, because it's the right thing to do. Uh, humility, you know, knowing yourself and seeking self-improvement. I think you talked to that uh, in the last episode, yeah. how important that is uh, and adaptability. And that's, and that's problem solving. That comes down to, again, going back to what I, what I uh, mentioned previously, uh, there is rarely a good solution to anything. Mm. It's, it's either bad or worse. And, and a lot of times you got to make a call uh, and, and, and be decisive. And, and be able to adjust on the fly. You got to adjust fire, uh, you know, and, and, and quickly assess the situation, the terrain, and, um, and make a decision. That's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. so for me, it's, it's all about integrity, humility, and adaptability. Yeah, right um, on. I, I think humility, you know, I, at least for me personally, I mean, I, I think that's like, that's kind of a tough one. And, you know, not only for myself, but I think I've seen it also in other people in our community. Um, you know, you really just got to be humble and just kind of relax a little bit. And I'm still, I think I'm still working on humility. Yeah. Um, but man, I tell you what, it's hard. It's hard to grow and continue to learn if, if you don't, if you haven't got that mastered. Got I mean, how, how many times have we seen dudes that, you know, they, they win the Green Beret and it's all of a sudden, you know, these guys know everything now. Yep. And you know you you can't you can't teach them squat, um, and really you have to kind of get over that. It's like okay, good, you made it through the Q course, that's great. You know you're you know you're an exceptional warrior, but dude, your your education is just now beginning. And the quicker you can kind of master the humility part, and really just understand that there you know you're surrounded by a lot of superstars out there, and your goal is to just you know be the sponge and just suck up as much crap as you can from everybody around you. That's really what makes that, in my opinion, I think you're right. That's what makes that ultimate warrior. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, Ax, that's also uh, something we were talking about is you have, I believe, the uh, the beginnings of a book on uh, courageous leadership. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, sir. I'm, I'm working on that. I've been, you know, it's, I've been working on this for probably since I was walking patrols out there. You know, I, nice. I just always wrote and, uh, I'm putting it all together, and uh, it's almost complete. That's nice. right. And that so yep. uh, these three pillars, you know, would actually serve, you know, as a uh, you know a framework of sorts for your book. I mean, it goes without yes, saying. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, you know, again, when I walked away, when I when I walked away from the army, uh, it was a gut punch, man. I, I learned a lot about myself, you know, um, and I had to carry that humility. And then when I finally did get into you know, uh, well, I'll just put it like this. So, you know, after applying for all these corporate jobs and being told that I was unqualified after mm-hmm. everything that I've done, uh, I went back to school, man. I, I, I you know, ate crow, 
Uh, finally went to the VA, got my benefits started, GI Bill and Chapter 31 uh, vocational rehab. Went back to college full time. I was sitting up in there with 18 year old kids like Happy Gilmore. Wow. Every day. <laughs> how did, how was, what was the experience oh, like? Yeah. What, was, what was that like for you? It was humbling, man. But, you know, it was it was looking back. It was a great experience. Now, I have a degree now and I've never been asked for it since. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much it helped me, you know, and I have a great job now. So I don't know how much it helped me uh, to actually get employment. But, you know, it was that was a big part of my transition. You know, it, like I said, it was humbling. I had some some great professors. I had some horrible ones. Uh, I had some that that, you know, kind of would would, you know, during the lesson plan, kind of look over at me for for approval and stuff like that. And I was just saying, hey, man, it's your class, you know, but um, but it was good. All in all, you know, I spent four years uh, earning a bachelor's degree and uh, glad I did it. Yeah. Now, looking back, it was it, it was it was a humbling but great experience. Now, um, I got to ask you, the like, what was your like relationship with the other students? The the. Uh, the- the much younger student body. It was tough. And, and, you know, you knew me out there as a cadre. I'm not going to lie. Some days I, I wanted to go straight cadre on them, you uh, know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny about these kids today. Like you were talking about in the last episode, they are very smart, uh, not knuckle draggers like us. You know, as far as technology and, and all that type of stuff, these kids are on it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see, you know, it was tough because – now, we'd have a, a group presentation and, you know, I'm polishing my slides for weeks prior to this thing, you know, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to rip more than another presentation. These kids walking in tired from, you know, partying or, or playing, you know, video games all night. And, and they're just really just polishing their slides right before the presentation, wow. you know, and uh, it, it was, it was a test, man. It really was for me, test for my patients. Um, you know, and, and there were some of them that were just stellar. You know, uh, there's there's a kid that I was, that I kind of coached. Uh, I would never take a leadership position on a group project like that. I, I, I would kind of, you know, push somebody else out in front and kind of help them along, you know, kind of just give them pointers on how to motivate people and, and get them on, you know, focus on task and stuff like that. But, you know, task organization, key, right? Yep. All those basic things that we kind of take for granted after years and years of doing. Um, but, you know, uh, he's working for Goldman Sachs now, making a bunch of money. Uh, awesome. he's, he's he's really doing well. And, you know, uh, so so that part, you know, it, that part of my transition, that's really when I started coming out of the depression of, wow. you know, not only walking away from the army and, and getting away from guys like yourselves and, and, and trying to find my way, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to fall into the, the, the abyss of hitting the bottle, uh, isolation, you know, all those the bad dreams. It, it, it just, it just snowballs on you if you let it, hey, you know, if X, you're not willing to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. that you, uh, you know, you are exfoliating yourself and really being real on that because uh, there, I mean, we all know this. There's 21, 22 veterans a day that end it. They just have enough. They have, you know, ghosts in their past. They Things just pile up. Uh, obviously, you know, you weren't there. Uh, we weren't there. But we had days where we were like, I don't know if I want to get out of the bed, you know, and just feel like, what am I doing? 
you know, where am I and what's my life about? And I know I felt like that, like my life's over uh, and you, you really just got to pick yourself up and, and remake yourself. And, and uh, I don't know if you felt like that, but. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely having <laughs> challenges like, OK, that part of my life's over now. And now, you know, we're going to figure out the next chapter. So I, I just appreciate and, and you like, being uh, transparent on that. A lot of guys don't talk about that. They go, yeah, it was. It no, was, you got to talk about it. It was seamless. I had no problems, and they just faked the funk. Yeah, we're all tough, right? But uh, yeah. not so. Yeah, not so. Yeah, you got to be honest. Not, not so. And and you know what? A lot of it was my own doing. I'm not having a plan. Not paying attention to briefings. Not taking yeah. you know, taking advantage of all the resources available. Um, but like you said, you know, I suffered for. Before I, I made the decision finally uh, to go back to college and, and, and finish that and do that for myself and, and get myself, you know, in a good place. You know, like I said, I was, I, you know, like everybody else, I was, I felt sorry for myself. I was depressed when talking to nobody because we don't, you know, Green Berets don't ask for help, you know, yeah. not very well anyway, you know, um, yeah, and, right. and hitting the bottle, man. I was yeah. drinking a lot, not taking care of myself, not doing PT. You know, not doing any of those things. Hey, and uh, something you know, that's important, man. Yeah, man, it's something that's uh, so important that I just really got to maybe state the obvious, but it seemed like um, where you were and where I was, and I'm sure Mike could attest to this too, is we didn't really have like an exit strategy while we were in. We just kind of never thought about getting out and what that would look like and what you would do and what you needed to you know, to uh, to do something after you get out. I mean, I know I didn't. I just got out and I was like, okay, now what? And I went through this, you know, probably three months, six months period where I was just didn't really know what I was doing. Yes. So what I'm kind of hoping really is, you know, now looking back, Axe, you know, what, what do you recommend to those guys that are getting close to the transition time? You know, Paul, what would you do? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because now it's hindsight. You know, now it's now it's Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback. You can kind of look back and say, you know, wish I'd have done this. Yeah. What do you got, X? Yeah, so like you said, I spent more time at CIF trying to get out of there than I did in ACAP at the time. And ACAP, <laughs> you know, ACAP you really got that right. I was really sweating trying crazy. to get through CIF like – you know, yeah. try to find that, uh, you know, uh, canteen cup. And uh, <laughs> exactly. That's it. You and know, if it was going to be clean enough, you know, <laughs> you get so kicked back yeah. three or four times. Uh, hey, yeah, so, man, so in my, yeah. <laughs> yes, so, so in my current role, uh, I actually work with transition assistance uh, office officers uh, retirement services for the Army and the Air Force. I'm an account manager for nice. federal benefits programs. Awesome. Uh, I educate on federal benefits and travel all over the country and, and sometimes other places, you know, other, other countries, uh, wherever there are Army or Air Force installations. And I can tell you this, uh, you know, since I've been involved with TAP, the TAP program, that, that program has evolved from ACAP the way I, the way we remember it, right. uh, so much, you know, there, you know, there's just so many resources out there. And, and from what I understand now, they actually give you the time to start uh, in that process. I mean, 
two years out from retirement. That's what you need, though. Um, That's what you need. You 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 really need that kind of time. You really do. You really do. And um, they get guys ready with, you know, not just like your resume and all, but they literally, they're they're doing mock interviews. Uh, They're they're putting you in front of the right folks. You know, there's a lot of uh, organizations out there that help along with that, like, for instance, the Green Beret Foundation, they also have a class for, for all, they run, they have VSOs uh, around the country that run these classes, uh, kind of transition classes going over, you know, resources and benefits uh, for SF guys specifically. Uh, the, the, those, those are running all over the country at all the groups now. Um, for just regular army, TAP does the same thing. I speak at these and I, and, and you know, beyond just the benefits that I educate about, uh, dental vision, things like that. Um, you know, I always try to share some of these nuggets with these guys, you know, because like I said, I, I remember sitting in those ACAP class. I went through with Bobby Cinco and we both were sitting in that, you know, the man, the myth, the legend. And we just, we were talking through the whole, through the whole briefing. I, I don't even, I don't even remember what the, what the heck they were talking about. You know, I couldn't tell you one thing. I, I don't think I took any notes. It was in and out. All right, I'm out of here. Give me my stamp. I'm done. Um, but you know, now the process has just grown so much. And and after you get out army retirement services, I worked with the, I work with the director G one army retirement services, just an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, and he's passionate, you know, so he's constantly going, uh, putting stuff out there for all the RSOs to, to disseminate to all the retirees and those, uh, retiring military personnel. I mean, so between between Army TAP and the Army Retirement Services Program, Soldier for Life, I feel like they've come so far. And frankly, there's a lot of resources out there, you know, uh, away from the Army. Uh, there's guys on LinkedIn, uh, one of our brothers, SF brothers, uh, doing great things mm. on LinkedIn. Very insightful. Um, so, and he's yeah. posting stuff every day, you know, doing podcasts with Soldier for Life and and all kinds of stuff. So the resources are out there. I would say my, my advice is just you know, embrace it because you're going to need it. And and every little tool you can put in your kit bag before you before you cut rope, cut sling, the better off you'll be. You know, hopefully you won't have to go through what we go through, what we went through, or what I went through. You know, so I could speak for myself. It was tough, man. You know, I wouldn't go as far as to say I was on the edge, you know, as as, as you alluded to there, Paul, but I was definitely, I was definitely feeling it, brother. I, I, yeah. I tell you what, I, I, I you know, I, it was humbling. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Uh, a couple of, a uh, couple of things I was thinking about as you were talking. Also, is uh, something that uh, Klausowitz says in On War. Uh, it really it deals with transition. I use it a lot when it comes to uh, the uh, seventh phase of the U.S. sponsored insurgency transition, which you know of late we haven't done so great. Uh, almost uh, sound like a punchline. But anyway, uh, he says, never take the first step without considering the last. And, uh, you know, the idea is, yeah, it's like you have uh, an exit strategy. Uh, And I think, I speak for myself, you know, I got out at 37. I did 20 years. I joined. I had a really great view of my large intestine you know, when my head was way up my butt, but 20 years, you know, into it, you know, I, I still didn't think about, okay, now what, 
what's going to happen. You know, I think, and we know our officer buddies, they do a much better job at thinking this through and networking. And uh, I know as NCOs, at least for myself, I didn't do a very good job. And I know that we could, we, we could stand to tighten up our shock group a lot in, uh, in, you know, branch 18 as far as, you know, like looking further afield. What's this going to look like when I get out? You know, when I, what, when I grow up, what do I want to be? You know, all those types of things. So I think just to add the segue on what uh, Axe was saying, which was awesome. I mean, I didn't even know about, I'll be, I'll show how stupid I am. I didn't even know what tap was until you explained it just now. Because you know, life's a learning competition, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. You know, life's sure a learning is. competition. So I didn't even know about transition assistance programs. So guys listening, go, you can uh, go and hit that. Just, you know, Google transition assistance program. Boom, you got it. Uh, he also mentioned Soldier for Life, the Green Bray Foundation. There's stuff out there. And I would just, uh, to kind of pair what we were saying before, Axe, is uh, the imperative of getting a degree. I think... One of the smartest things that I didn't know that I was doing at the time with some wisdom that was beyond my years, especially, was to get a degree while I was in. Uh, it, it started off because I think my senior engineer was doing it. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? He told me about you know Pierce College. I was out in first group at the time. And he said, hey, yeah, they got this, that, and the other. And I just kind of did it because he was doing it. But then, you know... Um, Later on, I was like, hey, you know, uh, I just want to go and knock this out, you know. But my, my whole point is how many guys don't do college and they get out and they go, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that. When in reality, while they're in, they get, there's so many benefits of doing it. Um, and I haven't been in for, you know, a hot minute. But uh, while I was in, though, I had uh, those, co- those college credits were paid for by the taxpayer. All I had to do is just get a little pro, be a little proactive and then just start, you know, whittling away on a degree. And then you just kind of figure out what kind of degree you want, you know, at some point. Well, and I, th- and I think there's another thing that goes with that. And that is also the fact that, you know, you brought up the officer corps. And the officer corps is really good at kind of going hard and then kind of, you know, transition over to like a little staff time. Yeah. And then they go, then they go, you know, hard to go command and they yeah. come out of command and they do like a little school time yeah. and the NCO core, at least, well, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna talk for the NCO core, but it, let's talk about the soft community. Yeah. We have this tendency to sort of like want to go hard for 20 years. And so I know what none of us like squick time. I got it. Um, but they're, there's some benefits to SWIC time and to periods of time that, you know, you're sort of yeah. obliged to do that you should be kind of taking advantage of sort of those down times. Not only are you, you know, teaching the next generation of guys coming up and contributing, but you need to kind of be taking care of yourself during those down times too. Yeah. I mean, uh, absolutely. You know, Axe, um, I really wanted to get this out too and make sure I ask you this because uh, having been out there as a GS and being the master trainer and seeing SUT and tax skills, I wonder if you could just give like a, some advice for guys that are going to go to tax skills. Guys are getting ready for SUT. Kind of, you know, if you just had, uh, you know, going to give a shout out to any of those guys, what would you tell them? 
Yeah, sure. Well, you, you know, that's, that's, that's an interesting thought, right? So going back to what I had previously started to talk about, about being the new guy and getting out there and, you know, the importance of one realizing that, you know, you could be overseas. Yes. Uh, you know, training indigenous and all that. And, and that's great. That's awesome. Uh, but just think about the opportunity you have as an NCO and a leader to train, as Mike just said, uh, the up and coming next generation of Green Berets. I mean, yeah. what more important job is there? You know, really. And, and you, you know, it behooves you to do the best you can possibly do and be, and be as professional as you can possibly be. Not, not, not to say that you know, I didn't lose my cool out there and, and, you know, but I always try to keep that in the back of my head. And, and, and at the end of the day, you can, you control the training environment. So yeah. as any good leader, you know, if you have a squad that just ain't getting it, you know, or you have a group of students that just ain't getting it and you're just banging your head against trees and going off. And you know, that's when you need to take a step back. And, and this is, the, I'm speaking this from personal experience and say, okay, what am I not doing? Or what am I doing wrong? Right. What, how do I get through to these kids and, and, and let me show them what right looks like. Yeah. Um, and, and putting the right guys in, in positions of leadership within, within that element to, to at least give them a shot at doing something right. Yeah. You know, um, and, and you know, as well as I do, you know, every time you change out the leadership, you're going to have different outcomes, yeah. you know? So, so you got to pay attention to human and team dynamics. You just yeah. have to. That kind of, uh, and yeah, it goes back to your adaptability pillar. I mean, it's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean. Yes, uh, it is. You, you really have to pay attention, to, you know, and, and, and take it personal, but don't let it you yeah. know, make you overcome by events. I mean, just yeah. at the end of the day, you, you control the training environment. I can call index at any time. I don't have to walk around lost in the woods all night long following these guys. You know, at yeah. any time I can say, okay, we're hopelessly lost, you know, halt the patrol. Let's do a quick AR, get back, you know, on Azimuth and, uh, and, and Charlie Mike. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that in itself is a learning point. You know, that's, that's a teaching point. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of guys wouldn't do that. And yeah. I just, I just look at guys that come rolling in at like, you know, eight in the morning, you know, into the cadre camp, just, just swearing and cussing out oh, these guys are all jacked up. And I just shake my head, man. And Hey, you got, you know, correct them. Yeah. You know, you're here to teach, you know, uh, I don't know. That's, that's something that I yeah. learned, you know, from, 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 you know, better instructors than myself along the way, you know, at any time you can call index. I don't think you, you learned know? that from me though. <laughs> no, no. Hey, listen, no. Oh you were, my God. Uh, I tell you what. You, you, my friend, are still a legend out there, well, yeah. uh, as you know. I don't uh, know. I but... could tell. I could tell Sergeant Lefevre stories. Oh yeah, probably all day. I, I you thank know? you for uh, not though, <laughs> dude. I tell you what, he used to actually keep me awake, man. You come out, you give me a, a Paul Lefevre story, and I'd, I'd just be, uh, I'd, be, I'd be rolling, man. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Man. I tell you what, he he was extremely. Colorful cadre out there. Let's just put it that way. Uh, you know, everybody knew who he was, even if he wasn't their, you know, their direct report. Uh, oh, cadre team sergeant. Uh, 
You yeah, know, I, would I, get. I can remember. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I can remember just, you know, the Starland out course, you know. Uh, all right, rock up, everybody rock up follow me and, and don't fall out. And he'd just take off like a jackrabbit. And now we're hauling ass behind him. And he had a rucksack, he had heavy rucksack, just taking off and doing the terrain walk, uh, you know, in light speed, warp speed. And, uh, you know, you know, you better not fall out. So it was, it was, it was a gut check just doing the train walk, you know? Uh, but there was a lot of times like that where, where I look back and, you know, I'm thankful for that stuff, you know, that, that, that creates character, you know, yeah. and, uh, for me, you know, it was, it was, yeah, I, you know, I loved it. I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pull any punches there. I love that stuff. Yeah. You know? well, I think, I think that's like the great thing about at least the way it was when I worked out there was you had that, that young, hard charging green suitor who was just out there, just, you know, doing the kind of things that you just talked about. And, um, and then you had the old season retired guy. It, he's he's more like the calling index guy, you know. Like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's get back on. You know, let's get set back on here. Let's learn from this. Let's get you know back to to, to uh, you know picking up some some nuggets out of this exercise. But yeah. when you put the two guys together, when you put the young hard charging green suit along with that old you know gray beard freaking retiree. It seemed like it was sort of a magical team. I mean, you pretty much got the best of both worlds. Yes. <laughs> and I learned a lot from those guys. I got to tell you, as, as a young cadre, uh, and, and you know, there, there are some of those guys, those old retirees, uh, taught me a lot, man, really. Yeah. You know, not only just about about being a cadre and teaching, but, you know, and, and not about tactics, but just being a, a decent human being. You know, those guys had some real – insightful nuggets you know and i won't mention any names uh but there was there was a couple guys who you know were uh i also knew were you know were, were came from the same place as i did the 82nd you know from Lurus and those guys you know i had huge respect for those guys you know still do to this day just learned so much from them about about being a leader really you know uh and the way it was, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I hold a special place in my heart for so many of those fellows, man. And, you know, I know, I know that continues today. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one of definitely, uh, one of the highlights of my life has been able to work that work out there at McCall. Uh, Mike, I know feels the same way you do too. Yeah. It's just being a part of the regiment, uh, you know, training the, the future, uh, green berets. I mean, uh, Tremendous amount of fulfillment that you get from that, uh, still being a part of that whole process. So, and and that's what we're doing here too is just getting these guys, getting these guys ready for their exit strategy, and and a whole lot of uh, many other things in between. But I know that uh, you know whatever whenever this book comes out, uh, I don't know. Do you have a do you have a title that you've uh, you've been playing with, Axe? Yeah, so I mean, you nailed it. It's it's going to be called courageous leadership. Awesome. Um, it's it's not only just a handbook of you know, my own personal insights and stuff like that, but also geared for not only just from a military standpoint. It's going to use a lot of those lessons and vignettes. Nice. But uh, you know, when it, when I got out and started working, I was actually in you know an HR executive in the auto industry for about a year before COVID hit. And let me tell you, man, it's needed. 
it yeah. is yeah. leadership skills. Uh, we're lacking leadership, you know, in the corporate world. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's just, you know, a lot of the stuff is really no brainers to us. Yeah. You know, I mean, things that we do every day, um, like being present, you know, and not yeah. just being there, but being present, you know, yeah. and approachable and, yeah. and, 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 you know, uh, offering support and, and a little bit of coaching, you know, uh, delegating, you know, uh, wisely uh, to, to try to develop folks, uh, you know, teaching them how to think, not just what to think. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's yeah. it's a mindset, but you don't see that in the corporate in, in the corporate sphere a lot. Uh, I'm, I've been lucky now. My, my the CEO I work for now is outstanding. Um, you know, he he gives me a lot of latitude and, and trust me. Um, and that's really what leadership is, right? It's it's trust with responsibility. Yeah. And that and that is that goes both ways, up and down the chain of command. I talked about walking the tightrope earlier. Uh, I, I can't emphasize that enough. And and this book, you know, I'm trying to put tidbits of vignettes and, and, and experiences from both the military side and also, you know, the civilian side. Um, and, and, and from the military piece, you know, not just like combat uh, experiences or, or things that I saw. Uh, although, you know, that's where you see some some just outstanding leaders. Uh, as, as I said, I've had both good and bad leaders during my 20 years in the Army. I know we all have seen uh, and learned things, but uh, I really just want to just put it all all in there and uh, with some with some stories uh, that that that, that kind of equate to both, uh, you know, military and civilian. Right on. And uh, sounds like a fantastic you know, right now. And I'm needed. hoping to have it done. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and I'm hoping to have it done, um, you know, within the next couple of months. You know, nice. uh, like I said, working in the auto industry, and it was, it was an eye opener. It was an okay. eye opener. We had, you know, we had multiple multiple dealerships spread out over three states. Uh, I was running, you know, and a lot of the guys that were GMs, general managers of those different facilities, uh, you know. They could run the books. They could, they could look at spreadsheets. Uh, they 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 knew the money in and, and the money out. But uh, you know, when it came to people, purpose and passion, uh, good luck. Yeah. You know, they were just chewing people out, spitting them out. You know, and 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 you know, rather than developing folks, that's what a leader does. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You, you know, actually, we, we talked about the importance of education, and I mean, you waited, um, you know, until after you were out and. We're like, man, I got to get my butt back in school. But um, besides education, which is kind of, I mean, I think everyone can really relate to that pretty pretty easy. But uh, other than that, but for these guys getting ready to um, get on the on the latter part of their career, what other things should they be doing, sort of to mentally prepare for for uh, the corporate world, if you will? Is it is it just kind well, of is it, is it is it kind of figuring out like what you like to do, or besides it? Being a soldier, it's, I mean, it, do you have to do you have to start to like use your imagination a little bit and try to figure out what your interests are? Or, I mean, what what do you got to do? For me, uh, the the best thing I could say, you know, when I first got out, I knew I wanted to make money, and that's the wrong answer. You know, uh, if you find something that you can be passionate about, like you are passionate about being a Green Beret, like you are passionate about, you know walking patrols and, 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 and teaching, you know, something, it's gotta be something that you're passionate about because 
the money thing is it's so overrated. You know what I mean? Really, if you find something that you that you love to do, the money will come. You know, especially if you're motivated, you know, and you, and you carry that over from the military. But being a Green Beret for me, I, I know now that that's the standard. You know, I set the standard for myself being a Green Beret. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy that's, oh, I'll never be that cool again. I'm moving on to bigger and better things. I'm raising a bar on myself. You know, it took me a lot of, a lot of soul searching to figure this out. But, uh, I would say, I would just say purpose and passion, man. You got to have those things. You know, you got to maintain that. You got to find it in something else. And uh, for me and everything else will kind of fall into place and don't wait three, four years to go to the VA, start your rating. You know, there's a lot of good benefits out there like the GI bill and chapter 31 voc rehab. I mean, it's easy to get, you know, um, go to school, get an education you know, even not just for a degree, but to learn something, you know, it's a learning experience, not just from the material, but just doing it. You know, uh, if you don't have anything planned, it's a good move. It was for me, put me back on the right track. Well, I, th- I think the best thing you said was just finding your passion because, um, and, and I know, and I know for a fact in our community, especially, um, green Berets always have like these scary skills. It's like, they got these weird things they do on the sides, whatever it is, you know, um, and really, I think if that's the passionate thing, if that's the thing you're passionate about, that might be the thing that you might want to start, you know, starting a, a little small business on the side, start, start working on that stuff. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, uh, but SF guys always got like weird, weird skills and they're always different. I'm always surprised by them. You know, the guys on your team, it's like, what, what do you, what do you guys like? What are you into? Like, what do you do when you're not, you know, when you're not doing, you know, team stuff? And these guys are always doing something. I mean, we, making knives, whatever, you know, um, solar energy. I mean, I'm, I know some engineers that were like really big into like being off the grid and they knew how to, they knew how to wire all that stuff. Um, I mean, I could just go on and on, but uh, SF guys right, have a lot of talent, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many entrepreneurs out there uh, that I knew in group or, or NSF at Twick, you know, who are doing great things, man. I'm talking about supplement lines, you know, a good friend of mine, former student, killing it, just killing it, you know. Because he's passionate. Um, he's passionate about that's it. That's right. He loves it. He loves fitness. You know, I'm I actually, I'm buying his stuff, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm paying his car payment, you know. <laughs> right. But uh, <laughs> every couple of weeks, man, I'm, I, he's got me on, on, on automatic, you know. Mm. But, uh, you know, there's, there's just so many. A, a guy up here, a former seventh group guy uh, from Boston originally, I didn't know him while we were in, but met him after I got out. Awesome entrepreneur. Uh, started a, a ballistic shield company for law enforcement. It's just this this little, you know, like a, like a, a handheld ballistic shield and uh, has all kinds of applications, and he's he's running all over the country, and and even with federal law enforcement agencies, just doing great, you know. But he's passionate about it. He doesn't mind doing the legwork uh, because it's more that it's about more than just money to him. That's a mission, um, and that's what you got to find. You got to you got to find something that you can, you know. As Green Berets, we we you know, I, speaking for myself, I, I go 100 percent of nothing. You know, if I'm going to jump into something, I'm 100. percent I have to be. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So, 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 so it's, it's, it's you gotta, know, it's you know, be something you love. So net, and, you know, and also network, you know, network for the, you know, network with those guys that have that have recently gotten out or been out for a while, and they are entrepreneurs because uh, they can help you. You know, they've 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 gone down the road. They kind of they've gotten the business set up. You know, they've they've learned things along the way, but you know, just start getting that thing going, and uh, and that that should help with the transition as well. Is what you're saying. Hey, my friend. Yes. Yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, hey, just again, guys, if uh, you don't know this information, it's a transition assistance program. Uh, William Foley is uh, one of the managers for that. Uh, a lot of great information that you need to have. Uh, actually pay attention to that. It actually will be yeah. beneficial. Uh, like you, Axe, I was, uh, I think, daydreaming in my ACAP briefings also. Uh, so, Yeah. Uh, and also, like the uh, getting your VA disability, don't wait forever to do that. Uh, you know, your, your medical record should be good to go. Uh, you should document all those hurts. Actually, don't try to be a tough guy. Just say, hey, yeah, yeah I'm jacked up there. And, uh, you know, get the, you earned that. You earned the disability rating. But, uh, yeah, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing your book uh, when it comes out. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have a good publisher in mind. <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> yeah, man. The best. Yeah, man. We it's all. This was time well spent, uh, Axe, and uh, thanks for taking it easy on me with the uh, <laughs> SUT stories. I appreciate that. I'll have to tell. I'll have to tell <laughs> oh yeah, there's some better ones, man. Trust me. Yeah, next time maybe uh, you know you could share one or two. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some brutal ones. <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey uh really it was fantastic thanks for coming on the podcast axe yeah, and uh godspeed to you and all of your future endeavors and all that you do uh, for the, the community yeah. yeah looking, looking forward, forward to that to book hey you guys too thank you so much for having me on uh look forward to talking to you uh, in the near future uh, anytime you know uh, that i can help out come on uh, you know i'm more than willing to, to come back to the podcast uh, the oppressively bear and Viva La Pineland. That's it, go. Viva La Pineland. Thanks, brother. All right, take care now. All right, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the content and the unique perspective, we hope you'll check out our sponsors, Blacksmith Publishing. A lot of great titles and adding titles every year. Uh, BlacksmithPublishing.com. And if you're looking for some cool swag, some Pinelander merchandise, head on over to the general store located at Pinelander1776.com. Until next time, remember to keep uh, your head on a swivel, stay physically and spiritually strong, morally and mentally straight, and socially astute, and be a good team player. Take care.